Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora. For Eyewitness and RNZ, I'm Justin Gregory. Ever since its introduction in the early 1960s, women who wanted to take the pill could only get it through a doctor or family planning. Law changes in March this year mean the nearly 200,000 Kiwi women who use the oral contraceptive can now ask for it at a pharmacy. But it wasn't so long ago here in God's Zone that only married women with children could get a prescription. In this episode of Eyewitness, we hear from an expert in contraceptive health, and we meet Carol, who in 1966 was young, single, sexually active, and in a hurry to be an adult. I thought, 16, wahoo, I've left school, I've got a job, oh, I'll go and live in Wellington. There was another factor, though, wasn't there? Wasn't there a boy involved? Oh, yeah, there's always a boy involved. Um, Yeah, I I had met this young lad, um, he was a couple of years older than me, so we all went to live up in Wellington, and we all flattered together. It was a lot of fun at the time, but, yeah, in hindsight, maybe not such a clever idea. It was 1966 when Carol moved to the capital, but if you think the swinging 60s had arrived everywhere, you'd be wrong. Carol wanted independence, fun and love, but found herself being judged instead. People just looked down on you if you were in any way sexually active or known to be sexually active. You were just, for want of a better word, a slut. For a woman, there was no chance in the world that you were going to get the pill if you were single. You would go to the doctors and you were greeted with horror, you know, and disapproval. It was that disapproving look and the refusals, um, in in my case, um, she just simply turned me down flat. And my own doctor here in in the town that I'm in um, was just, he was just as bad. He didn't approve of it either. You just didn't have the right to take care of your own body. Oral contraceptives arrived in New Zealand in 1961 and became known as the pill almost from the start due to media coyness about references to sex. Women like Dr Margaret Sparrow greeted the pill enthusiastically. Back then she was a medical student, married and mum and remembers vividly the options women had before the pill. Women, if they could get a doctor to fit it properly, would be using a diaphragm um, men would be using uh, condoms, although the quality of condoms wasn't very good in, in those days, or a lot of people um, would use withdrawal. So we didn't have reliable contraception um, until the pill uh, arrived, really. There was even a fizzy tablet women put inside themselves before sex. My widowed mother was staying with me, and she always used to get the Woman's Weekly, and I would flick through it and have a look. And there were these advertisements um, for these fizzy tablets, and I thought, oh, this is misleading advertising. Uh, but yes, uh, that was uh, an unreliable method. Groovy. Margaret had access to the pill right from the start because her medical student husband was given free samples. But ironically, she would have been the perfect candidate for a prescription because back then, doctors took a definite view of what kind of woman deserved to take the pill. 
the Medical Association didn't approve of contraception for the unmarried, you would have had to have found a doctor who would do that, and most wouldn't if they'd said, I'm a member of the Medical Association and we don't think it's safe, uh, safe enough. We don't know enough about its safety in young people and they wouldn't prescribe it. Um, some of them uh, would have been quite dismissive and um, perhaps given a moral lecture. And then there were a few in Wellington, which I know best, Dr Eric Geiringer and Dr Carol Shand were at the forefront of general practitioners prescribing uh, the contraceptive pill for young women. So the major barrier to access was, quote-unquote, ethical or moral rather than health or or choice or anything else. Yes, although I think the medical profession errs on the side of caution, and it wasn't long after the pill had um, been on, on the market that there were events like deep vein thrombosis uh, which worried people, and that, I think, influenced the decision of the medical fraternity. Before the pill arrived, Margaret became pregnant for a third time. She chose not to take it to term. I wrote away to a very famous chemist in in Christchurch called George Bettle, and he offered a mixture, and that came in a brown paper parcel, and I took two tablespoonfuls three times a day, and I had a miscarriage. And that was legal? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I was a criminal. Fast forward to 1966 and the situation for Carol is impossible. Abortion is definitely illegal, yet the pill is almost impossible to get. Two different doctors refused to give her a prescription. Condoms and diaphragms weren't that reliable, and the contraception Carol and her partner ended up using ultimately didn't work. No, eventually, no, (laughs) it didn't. No, um, I got um, caught out. I was really scared. Um, I was 17. My um, fiancé had bailed on me. Um, He didn't want to be a father or a parent. I was feeling extremely alone. And certainly abortion wasn't an option in 1967. Oh, no. Abortions were not options. According to the state, it also wasn't an option for an unmarried teenager to raise her child. They used to come down on unmarried uh, mothers like a ton of bricks. There was pressure on you to give up your child for adoption. We were never allowed to know what happened to those children after they were adopted, which was quite frightening in some respects. I did not want to give up my child. I was um, responsible for bringing him into the world, and I had to be responsible enough to take care of him and, and look after him. I refused to give him up. I went into welfare, and I asked if we could have a, you know, if I could get a benefit of any sort. And within, I think, about a week and a half, two weeks of that, they came calling at our doorstep and they wanted to see me. And they had all these papers and they wanted me to sign um, papers to say that I was going willing to adopt my my child out. And I said, no, I'm not going to adopt him out. I I told the doctor that and I've told you guys that as well. But they really persisted and I still remember being in the hospital and they took me into a room and they literally stood over me with a pen and paper and said sign this and I just said 
no, I've told you he's my responsibility and I will take care of him. And they, I think they said something to me along the lines of, how do you expect to care for him when, when you've got to work? And I said, well, it's obvious I'll get no assistance from you. But Carol did get assistance from her family, especially her grandmother. She was absolutely delighted that she was going to be a great grandmother. She was <laughs> just over the moon. And she set up, you know, sort of busily knitting and, and thing, doing things and what have you. And, and it was just... It was just incredible. I couldn't believe it because she'd always been extremely strict on me when I was little. Um, and yet here she was, you know, fussing over me and doing things for me and making sure I took care of myself. My parents and my grandparents were extremely good to me um, and, and I was forever grateful for everything they did. But despite having been, as she says, caught out once before, Carol still wasn't allowed the pill. Not one, no. No, the doctor would not. He simply would not prescribe me the pill. He, he, he was very disapproving. Very, you know, it was almost like, well, haven't you learnt all this sort of attitude? Mm. And I was just, I was mortified. I said to him, look, I'm, I'm just a normal human being. I have feelings. I said, I am not promiscuous. After protest and argument, attitudes changed over the next few years and access to the pill became easier for unmarried women. Abortion, which had been outlawed in the 1860s, became legal under certain circumstances in 1977. Debate on the status of that law continues. Dr Margaret Sparrow spent her working life promoting access to reliable contraception, for which she was made a dame in 2009. She believed then, and still does now, that the pill is both life-saving and life-changing. It changed my life. I wouldn't be sitting here today uh, if, I, if it hadn't been for the pill. I was obviously fairly fertile because although I'd um, used a, um, a diaphragm, um, I had two unplanned um, pregnancy, which I chose to accept, but I think that I would have gone on and had some, some more unplanned um, pregnancies and probably accepted them as as our lot because I think in in those days men had careers and women um, were family builders. But that easy access had come too late for the teenaged Carol. But I'm not sorry for that. I'm I'm not sorry for that at all because um, I wouldn't be without any of my children. But women should have had the choice. They just shouldn't have been denied that choice. We had the right to take care of our bodies um, with both the pill and also for abortions. I think we, we needed the right to, to say this is what I want because this is how I, I feel and, and it shouldn't have been a moral issue. This story was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and uses archival audio from the Taonga Sound and Vision. The engineers were Jeremy Veal and Jana Witter. You can subscribe or listen to every Eyewitness podcast on iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.